Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. In session two of Epic, Dallas Greenaway talks about the origin of the heroes. We look at Acts 4, verses 1 through 8, and how the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to believe in Jesus and then gives us the strength to live the life He's called us to live. Dallas encourages us to make space for the Holy Spirit to work, just like the heroes in Acts did. We hope you enjoy this message from Epic 2020. This morning we are going to talk about the origins of heroes. And as we uh, look, like ultimately here's what I want you to realize. is like the ultimate hero in scripture is Jesus, right? God is the hero. But when it comes to our, our faith, the beginnings of the church, there are some people who do some, you know, seemingly heroic things in the scriptures. And we're going to stay in the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter four. If you want to go ahead and open up there real quick, we're going to be there in just a moment. Uh, but there are people here, like the, the early disciples, early church leaders who did some, they did some heroic things and they did it because of the Holy Spirit who was living and dwelling within them, right? So before we get to the scriptures, I have been to 11 epics. Is that not crazy? Matt, and you don't, you don't have to cheer for that or cheer for me or anything, but uh, I mean, a lot of that's just, man, I won't leave, right? Like they can't, they can't get rid of me. But I've been to 11 epics and in pretty much all of them, I mean, easily all of them, here, here's what I've seen and here's what I don't want to happen for you, but I know, I know that it will for many of us. And it's not necessarily like a wrong thing, right? But if there's, if there's a way to like get ahead of the curve here, if there's a way to open your eyes to it, and when I say it, it's probably not going to be something surprising, but maybe for somebody or some bodies in this room, it'll be something you lean into and say, I don't want that to be me. And here's what it is is that for the couple weeks leading up to Epic, right? You come back to church. It's been a long time, right? That was Batman right there. A <laughs> little bit. It's been a long time. And you've come back to church, and man, we are so glad to see you. But here's a big reason you came to church. It's like, I just got to get the, I got to get the vibe, right? I got to get the feel. I got to get ready. I got to get excited for Epic. Like, if we're going on this bigger tree, I at least want to know some people. And that's fine. I get it. I'm not saying that this is necessarily wrong. But you come for the first two weeks, and then Epic hits, and man, it, it is like mind-blowing. It is incredible. You know, you heard Matt last night talking about the Holy Spirit, and you're like, that's, that's how I want to live. Like, I want to live as someone who is empowered by God, because I am. I put my trust and my faith in Him as the Holy Spirit who allowed me to do that in the first place, and I want to live a Holy Spirit-empowered life. Man, boom. Amazing, right? That's what, that's what it should be when we come here. But then what happens? October rolls around, Right? Because you come home and you're still living off the high, but October rolls around and man, maybe now you're back in like in-person school every day of the week for those of you who aren't there yet or wherever you are, if you're homeschooled or, or already going every day of the week, school just starts to kick into gear. Things with your family maybe get a little bit messy. And sooner or later, whether it's one of those things I mentioned or something else, what happens here just kind of starts to fade, Right? And you know it, like, I, and I experienced it. I came, uh, I've, I've been here for 11 times, and a lot of those were as a student, right? A lot of those were as a student, and so I lived it. Even as a leader, even as an adult, I live it. Like, man, we get excited too. You think we don't get excited for this? You think that the weeks leading up, we aren't getting as pumped as you are, maybe even more so. And we, we kind of ride the high a little bit with you, and the same thing can easily happen to us. The heroes that we're about to read about in the scriptures, these early church people who, by the way, we're going to talk about a little bit more, are exactly like you and me. They are regular human beings. 
they experienced something. They experienced something when the Holy Spirit came to dwell within them, to live inside of them, the very Spirit of God empowering them. They came and experienced that, and when, once they did, there was no going back. There was no going back. Life change, heart change, transformation through and through, and there was no getting over it. So what about for me and you? What if, and I'm not naive, I don't think that this is necessarily going to happen for everyone in this room, but what if for a few of you in this room, and why not you? What if this is the trip? What if during small group time or during music or during one of the teaching sessions, probably not when Batman's talking or Iron Man, for the, well, maybe when Iron Man's talking, but what if this is a time where God speaks so clearly to you that there is no going back? What if for the first time, maybe you, you've been like feeling the knot, feeling the tug, hearing it in your heart, like, hey, I love you. I'm here for you. I created you. You've been sensing that God is doing something and you're not quite sure what. Maybe this weekend is when you start to figure it out and you can't help but surrender to him for the first time in your life and there is no going back. What if? I'm not naive to think that's going to happen to everybody, but I fully believe that it will happen for somebody or somebody's in this room that there will be no going back. And what happens? What happens to your family? when that's how life starts to look, where it starts to look more and more like Jesus. Because something happened over these three days. God spoke to you. He revealed himself to you in a unique way, and there's no going back. What happens in your schools? What happens to our church? If some of you in this room start to live more and more into the ways of Jesus, your life starts to look more like him because of what the Holy Spirit is doing within you. What happens? I think that what happens is some things that look similar to what we read about in Acts. It is. So, let's do that. Let's read, let's read about some cool stuff that's happening in Acts, right? Acts chapter 4. This is uh, in, in the following days and weeks after what Matt talked about last night, the Holy Spirit coming to dwell within Uh, those who have put their faith and their trust and their lives in the palm of God's hands. The Holy Spirit comes into these people. Life is is changed. People are transformed. People are given new hearts in a moment. And there is no going back for these people. And so Matt talked last night, Peter preaches like the first church sermon, right? And thousands of people, man, during COVID times, when's the last time you saw thousands of people? Some of you were like, right here, right now, man. There's thousands of people in this room. There's not, okay? There's like less than, you know, around maybe around 250 of us in this room. Thousands of people started to experience the same thing that the disciples were. They experienced that life change, life transformation, new heart that the disciples did. Thousands. Can you imagine that? What if that happened? I went to Hillcrest High School. It'd be like the whole of Hillcrest High School coming to faith in Jesus and getting baptized. That's a long baptism service, right? That's a lot of people. You think it's long when we do like 11 kids on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, No, that's a long baptism time, right? So 
Peter and the other disciples, one of them being uh, John that we're going to read about in a moment, they, they're walking around, they're teaching, they're talking about Jesus. And one day they are going into the temple, right? Be Maybe pretty different, but sort of like if they're coming into this chapel. And on the way in, there's a dude who hasn't walked in a really long time, right? He's lame. Not like lame how we use it today, but he was not, not able to walk, not able to get around easily on his own. And he, he stops them, right, as they're going in. And Peter and John, you know, they look at him and they're like, you know, basically, we've got no money. But we do have something for you, right? And they pray for him. And in a moment, he is healed, right? He goes from not being able to walk, not being able to get around on his own, to walking through the temple, jumping through the temple, the scripture says. You can read about it in Acts chapter 3. Jumping and walking through the temple. And the people who regularly came to the temple, they cannot believe it because they saw old, you know, Johnny No Legs or Lame Legs. They saw him every single day. And now in a moment, God has done something miraculous or somebody has done something miraculous. And now everybody wants to know how has this happened? So Peter and John... As, as one does, who has been changed and there's no going back, they start to tell the truth. That lasso is like wrapped around them, right? We can't not tell you what's going on. And they start to talk about Jesus. And they say, he is the reason that any of this is possible. This is not our own doing. This is not something that we have made up. We didn't do some sort of like weird trick to make his legs work for just a little bit, but this is a miracle of God. And some of you may be familiar enough with the Bible to know that there are people around during the time this is happening, some religious leaders who aren't too happy about Jesus being talked about. And they're especially not happy about Jesus being talked about after he is supposedly, like he's supposed to be dead, right? And they're not too happy about that. We thought that we were done once we killed him. That's not how it works, right? Not with Jesus. And so they are upset that Peter and John are still talking about Jesus In a moment, we're going to see that they can't deny what's happened to this man, but they don't want to admit that it has anything to do with this Jesus character. And so they come in in Acts chapter 4 and start to mess things up with our heroes, our early church heroes, Peter and John. So Acts chapter 4, verse 1, And as they were speaking to the people, that's John and Peter, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed, because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, right? Just what we were talking about. Talking about Jesus, they're upset. How how is this still happening? That Jesus is is supposed to be dead, and yet people are still talking about him. They're they're still causing trouble in the temple. They're still making these guys fearful of losing their power. And I I think that in some ways we forget this part. If what's true about, if it's true that Jesus really is who he says he is, then not only does this mess with these guys' social status, not only does it take away like their power as leaders in, in society, but it messes with like the core of who they are. It messes with their faith, something that they've been taught and they've given their lives to, their entire lives to. This would change everything for them. Maybe, maybe they realize this more clearly than anybody else. It would change everything. They knew it and they were scared. Maybe that's some of you in this room. Maybe as we talk about life transformation, as we talk about what is possible when the Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell within you, one of your biggest pushbacks, one of your biggest, you've put up this blockade on your own, one of the biggest reasons you are not uh, 
surrendering to God is because you know things in your life would have to change. And some of it's fear. Some of it's pride. Some of it, maybe you just have a misunderstanding. You think, man, like if I was one of those Christians, I just couldn't have any fun anymore. But your definition of fun just needs to shift a little bit. Because I promise you, Jesus was a guy who had fun. And there's plenty of fun. Remember the whole Batman thing? And like we giggled a couple of times, right? Like, man, that's, this is fun. We can still very much have fun. So these guys, they're worried. Let's keep reading these next couple of verses. And they arrested them. They arrested Peter and John and put them in custody until the next day, overnight stay in prison, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Here's what I love over and over again about the gospel and the reality that like, th- this is real, that God is on the move, whether we are able to see it at all times or not, is that even though they arrested these dudes and put them in prison, there was no stopping what the Holy Spirit was up to. Even though they arrested him, and like, I mean, think about that. Like, think about if one of your buddies is arrested because you guys were talking about something, right? You guys are talking about a certain thing that's not supposed to be talked about. I don't know what it would be, but, but you're talking about it. And all of a sudden, you are arrested and put in jail, or your friend's arrested and put in jail. What's your move as the guy who's not in jail yet? Zip, right? I'm not talking about that. Oh, nope, not me, not me, right? Like, I wasn't with them. I'm, I'm not associated with them. But it was actually the opposite that seems to happen. Thousands more were added. The Holy Spirit was up to something. He was on the move. He was coming to live and dwell within people. And it was happening by the thousands. And sometimes we think the church is dead in America, right? Sometimes we look around and we see, man, most of my friends at school like are not Christians. They're not even interested. Maybe you have family members who used to be, you know, they, they were like solid Christians, right? And now years, years later, they're not anymore. And sometimes it's easy to look around and think this whole thing is dead, but we forget, remember that whole ends of the earth thing? Man, the church in China is growing like crazy and it is one of the most persecuted places in the world right now. In the world. You are not supposed to be a Christian in China and yet there are hundreds of millions, right? The estimate is, it's, it's a large estimate, but it's like that there's 100 million to 300 million, almost as many people in America who are Christians in China. That's ridiculous. And it's growing. The Spirit's on the move. He's awakening hearts. He's doing things like we see in Acts and then some, right? The church in Africa. There are far more Christians than you would believe in Africa, and it is growing regularly. The church is not... like God is still using it. The church is not dead. God is certainly not dead. He is on the move. The Holy Spirit is awakening hearts. And I believe that the same thing could happen here today. Even though these guys were thrown in prison, the Holy Spirit was still on the move. He's still going and we're still moving through this chapter, all right? Verse five, on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes, they gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, you should name your firstborn Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, imagine, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired of of Peter and John, by what power or by what name did you do this? They want to know. They're trying to get to the bottom of this, and maybe they're trying to like bait them. Are you going to actually say again that it's Jesus? You saw what we did to you the first time, right? Give us a better answer. 
By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, and we're going to pause right here. Then Peter by, uh, then Peter, sorry, I read the wrong thing there. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, and before we see what Peter says, even though you can see it on the screens. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you guys to miss this. Anything that is happening and anything like this that could happen in our life is only because of the Holy Spirit, right? I was thinking about this as I was preparing over the last few weeks, and I think that there's two big things I want you guys to know about the Holy Spirit. And here's the, the first one. is that the Holy Spirit gives us even the ability to actually put our faith in Jesus in the first place. Think about that. The Holy Spirit is the one who even gives us the ability, the strength, the capability to put our faith and trust in Jesus in the first place. So what does that mean? Well, I know that many of you out there are struggling with this. You're wondering, maybe right now, am I even a Christian? How do I know that I'm saved? Right? Somebody's probably wondering that right now. And here's what I want to tell you is if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus in it, it may have been when you were seven years old. It may have been when you were 11 years old. Some of you are 11 years old right now. It may have been last year at Epic and you're wondering if there was a moment where you did that, where you surrendered your life to Jesus, here's the only reason you're able to do that in the first place is because the Holy Spirit, God himself, did something in you, a miracle. And maybe, like Matt was talking about last night, from that point forward, you just haven't tapped in or accessed the Holy Spirit in, in a similar way. Maybe it has been a while since that happened. But if there was a moment for you when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, obviously it, it can sometimes be a case-by-case -case basis. But if you were able to do that in the first place, then the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you. So the first part, he's the one who gives you the ability, the capability, the strength, whatever you want to say, to actually put your faith and trust in Jesus in the first place. And then from there, he's what, what, here's what he allows you to do. He is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the strength, the capabilities to actually live the life that God has called you to, right? This is not something we drum up on our own. It's not something we would just try harder. It's not something that if, if only I could just learn the techniques. No, this is something that the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to do. So how do we access this? Because it seems like Peter and John have figured something out that we haven't. So here's what I want to remind you before we read in and see if we can try to figure out what that might be. It's that Peter and John were no different than you and I. That's huge. That's huge. Because here's what I think we do. Jesus, when it comes to people who have walked this earth, pretty high up, right? Pretty awesome, pretty perfect, uh, had the closest relationship with God, right? Like, Jesus is pretty high. We're down here, right? Maybe me, after I did that whole Batman thing, like way lower. Like, but we're way down here, right? There's no way, sometimes we feel like there's no way we could possibly live like Jesus. And then here's what I think that we do in our minds is like Paul, maybe like down here, but he's like a close second, right? The Apostle Paul, he's somebody we read about a lot in the scriptures. And then like really close third behind him is the disciples, in our mind, I think that we rank these people. 
We're like, but there, there just was something different about them, right? Like God just, when, when he was like mixing things up right there and, and uh, you know, doing that in the womb thing, like God, God just gave them some abilities that I do not have. He gave them some insights that they were born with that I will never pick up. These dudes, when Jesus died, they ran. When Jesus died, these guys, Peter and John, ran and hid. You want to talk about being Holy Spirit-filled, faith-filled? These guys were absolutely fear-filled. They're normal guys like you and me, right? What's, What's the difference now in their life? As we read this, it's the Holy Spirit. And the same thing is true for us. They didn't have anything that you don't except for they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, they had an encounter with God, and if you've had one, then you have access to the same things that they did. You got me? So how do we access that? How do we get, how do we get to actually living a life like them? Let's, let's keep reading. We're going to finish this section off and then talk about uh, the Iceman in a minute, okay? So by, uh, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, So what does he have to answer? Like, how'd you guys do this? Where did this power come from? If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. These guys are just straight preaching to him. They're straight preaching to him. There was no turning back. They're looking, being arrested in the face, possibly being put to death in the face, and there's no turning back. They can't stop talking about Jesus. What about you and me? Now, when they saw, verse 13, the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, and they were astonished. Remember, we just said these were ordinary guys. Maybe even they were like a little less than ordinary, right? At least most of you are are going to finish by by the end of your middle school days. You will have finished middle school, and most of you will finish high school. These guys, they, they they weren't even picked to like make it to the next level of education, right? They're common men, maybe even less than that, uneducated, right? By see, but seeing, at least in that society, that's how they were perceived. But seeing the man uh, who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. They can't deny that something's happened to this dude. He's somehow able to walk, and he couldn't before. But in order that we may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. Good luck. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, they keep going, baby. They answer them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. They can't stop. They can't stop. And when they had further threatened them, the the religious leaders, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. The Holy Spirit's still on the move. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. It was clear to everybody in the area that this miracle had happened. 
happened? What is different about these guys? Well, they, they got the Holy Spirit, right? But many of us in this room also have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us, right? They went from being these dudes who ran in fear. They were filled with fear when Jesus was, was killed to being uh, people who were filled with faith, right? Because of the Holy Spirit coming, up, coming to dwell within them. And those of us who have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us now, how do we access and live in a similar way to them? I think the answer is simpler than you might think and more difficult in practice, right? So I have been going to the gym, not a lot, <laughs> right? Uh, but I started uh, going to the gym a couple years ago and like this past year, Hannah has seen me there before. I have a witness, right? And uh, I go to Crush Crush Fitness, I think is what it's called now. It used to be Fitness 19. And uh, every now and then I go in and there's a dude in there who is like jacked out of his mind, right? Or like just totally shredded. And if you start, like when I see them, I'm like, as soon as I walk out of this gym, that's what I'm going to look like, right? Like if I, if I just go get on the treadmill for two minutes, like this, this miracle, like what happened with that dude at the temple is going to take place. Uh, I st I'm still waiting for that. But if, if you start talking to these guys, right? Like I, I want that. I, I would love to be muscular. Like I don't want to be too muscular to where I'm like this, right? That would be, it's just awkward. Oh my God. I'm not even going to repeat what was said right here. Oh, my word. Uh, but I don't want to be too muscular like that, but I, I want to be, like, shredded, right? I want to I wanna feel good when I'm blobbing people, and I'm like, look at these abs through, through my life jacket, right? Like, I, wanna, I want it, but maybe not as much as I think, okay? Because you start talking to these people, and they're like, yeah, well, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I take my protein shake. And then before I come to work out, I take a pre-workout. After I work out, I take a post-workout. At uh, 3 p.m., I take a new, <laughs> I don't know. They, they, like, they just start listening up. I eat a whole salmon, right? Like, <laughs> like just straight out of the, of the lake or something. <laughs> just scoop. When you have muscles, the fish come to you. They think it's bread, right? And they want a piece. And I say, come eat this bread. And then the fish... So, but they, they got this long list of things and then they're like, and then you got to be in the gym and you got to hit two a days, baby. And you don't go seven days a week. You go 17 days a week. And like, it's just this long list. And I'm looking, I'm like, sir, yes, you are doing this. I will not, right? Like I, I am out. And I realized that maybe I don't want it as much as I, I said I do, right? Track with me? Uh, here's another example. And then we'll hopefully connect and maybe you're already starting to connect. There's this dude, his name is the Iceman. I just mentioned him, right? That's his, well, that's not his birth God-given name. Uh, that's his nickname. This is him right here. His name is Wim Hof, all right? Maybe some of you have heard about him. This guy has, <laughs> Matt's a big fan. This guy has done some incredible things. Here's why he's called the Iceman. Uh, one reason is he regularly takes ice baths like this, like literally in the ice, Okay. I'm scared to do a polar plunge like into this lake over here, right? Not happening. Uh, this guy loves the cold. In fact, if you, if you look anything up with him, just know this, be forewarned, he is not a Christian. It comes out in his language and he even would say that the cold is his God, right? Like this guy is intense. Uh, this guy has climbed a large portion of Mount Everest in the appropriate shoes, but then just a pair of shorts, right? Okay, listen. He has taken groups of people, regularly does this, I, I would say multiple times a year, takes groups of people, including people who have asthma, including people who are in their 70s, 
and has them, like trains them for a few days, and then will take them on a hike in the snow, miles up on certain mountains, in nothing but their shorts and the appropriate shoes. This guy's insane. How does he do it? Well, he's kind of got like a list of things, and maybe you're like, I want to do that, right? Some of you are like, you're like me with the muscles. I'm out, bro. Like, I didn't want to get there to begin with. But he, he attributes that to certain, this is, this is crazy, to certain breathing techniques. He also attributes it to spending a lot of time in ice, in the cold, and acclimating himself. Here's what this guy literally says he can do. He says that with his breathing techniques and, and, and with this ability to, to stay in ice baths longer than any, why, why would you want to get in an ice bath in the first place? But this guy can change the temperature of his body, like at will, right? He has the ability because of, of his breathing and he attributes so much of it to oxygen, all this stuff. Matt Densky is super into this. Tyler, getting into it maybe a little bit. Stallion has taken a couple cold showers. <laughs> I, I took a hot shower and I was like, turn the hot water off really quick. It's cold, right? Like turn, <laughs> turn it off, get out of the shower. Brittany's like, what are you doing? <laughs> right, my wife. Nothing. <laughs> this, is, this is normal, right? But, but he has the ability to change the, t- and they've done studies on this. There's like real science involved. There's doctors involved who are monitoring these, these people that he takes out a lot of times. Like, like, this is real. He has the ability to control his temperature. He also has the ability, he, he claims and studies have shown, to control his immune system, right? So he has like, over the years and years that he's been doing these techniques and everything, he is like rarely sick. And when he does get sick, he is able to fight it off quicker than the average human. They've done studies. He'll take a group of people and he'll train them for a period of days. And they've done studies where they will like inject some certain, I don't know if it's like, you know, a cold or flu or whatever. It's some sort of sickness into their body. And they inject it into people who haven't done these techniques. And the people over and over and over again who do the techniques that he does, even if they've only been doing it for for days or weeks, they are able to fight off that illness quicker, much quicker than the people who have not. It's crazy, right? Now you're like, I don't want to be sick, right? Like, or at least for a long period of time. Uh, I don't know about that whole shorts thing. Like you're going to leave that over there. But like, I want to be able to control my body temperature. Imagine like you could give a perfect reading when you took your temperature on Saturday morning, right? But this is crazy. So how do you do it? How does a common man do it? What are Tyler and Matt and sort of Stallion? Stallion, are you in here? There he is back there. Uh, what, are they sort of, what are they sort of doing? Well, if you are a common person, you can take a, a class with him, right? You can go fly off to Poland or wherever this guy is and you can take a class with him. Or you can start doing things and there's people on YouTube who have like, I've been doing this for four years straight and like, here's all the benefits I'm seeing. Seriously. Uh, and you can start doing, he's got a breathing technique you can do, like breathe from your stomach, breathe from your chest, breathe from your head, right? And then you, you do this thing. It's crazy. Matt can tell you way more about this guy, okay? But you do the breathing techniques, you expose yourself to the cold over a long period of time, and you too can benefit in the same ways that this guy, Wim Hof, seems to have unlocked. It's crazy, all right? It's crazy. You can do your own research about this guy. But here's the deal. If you want any of those long-term effects, the ability to control your body temperature, fight off illnesses, and all the other things that he can do, you have to put in the work every single day. This isn't something that you're like, you know what? I think me and my friends at lunch, we're going to try the breathing techniques, right? And then we're going to be good. We're going to be able to control our temperature. This has to be like a daily, daily, daily 
daily thing for you to experience what Wim Hof is experiencing, at least on some level. What does this have anything to do with what we're talking about today, right? This was a a big twist. That was a big curve in that message there. Uh, Here's what it has to do with. I think that sometimes we read the Gospels, we see how Jesus lived. Good story, bro. I'm serious. Maybe that sounds a little harsh. But man, we see how Jesus lived. We read the stories about the miracles that we did. We close our Bibles. We celebrate. We sing a song. We say, great message, pastor. And then we go about the rest of our days. Why is this important? Wim Hof has a series of things that if you do these things and you do them over a long period of time, here's the results that you will have, that you will enjoy. Jesus, we literally get a look in the four Gospels, like these biographies where we find out so much about how Jesus lived life. From no other place do we find out as much about how Jesus lived life than in the Gospels. Jesus lays out how to live the life that he came to give us. And we close the book and try nothing from his life. Nothing, close to nothing. Is that setting in for you? Yes, I want the life that Peter and John are living. Yes, I want the life that Jesus offers. And yet we don't want to change anything to get it. If you keep reading in the book of Acts, you see that the people were not, it wasn't just Peter and John who were doing these things. You, can, you, you read and you continue to see that they were doing things like Jesus did. They were actually living the life that Jesus invited them to live. Get that, imagine that. They were praying right? As soon as Peter and John leave, they go to their people and they talk about what's happened with these religious leaders and the people actually pray for them in such a way that the earth shook, right? Imagine. The people were loving each other well. Jesus modeled prayer as he lived. He modeled a deep relationship with the Father as he lived on this earth and And the people were following his footsteps. They loved each other well. Jesus modeled that everywhere he went. Loving well, serving well, having compassion with with his closest friends, right? And with anybody else that he encountered. If you keep reading, you see the incredible generosity of the people of the early church. Something that Jesus modeled time and time again. If you keep reading, you see that these people, even in the midst of intense persecution, still had their hope in God and Him alone. Jesus always was in connection with the Father, only doing what the Father ever asked Him or told Him to do. We see this and so much more modeled in the lives of the people in the book of Acts. And this is not something that they, again, drummed up on their own, that they just tried hard, that they just learned the right techniques, right? In some ways, they had to learn. They had to take baby steps. They had to figure out what this thing looks like. But so much of this is from the Holy Spirit. So what about you and me? I think a lot of us, when we close our Bibles and clap and sing a song, we say, man, that would be awesome. And then we go home and we pick up an Xbox controller and we expect that at some point in in our lives the next week that maybe the Holy Spirit is just going to break through and just do something crazy. And we never make space for it. Some of us, when we hear about forgiveness in the Bible and we see it modeled by Jesus, we have so many people in the back of our minds, yeah, I probably should forgive them. 
then we go about our daily life the rest of the week holding grudges, holding on to this rope of unforgiveness. What if, what if someone or someones in this room started to realize, hey, maybe I should try that. Maybe I should actually be on my knees or on my face before God praying. Maybe I should actually forgive as Jesus called me and modeled forgiveness. Maybe I should live a generous life. God has blessed me with so much, my family with so much. What if we actually were generous with it? Here's why so many of us are not living into this life. It's because we're not really living the life that Jesus has modeled. For lots of us in this room, it's because of distractions. For some of us in this room, it's because of certain people. For others in the room, it's because of fear or pride. There are so many things that hold us back no more. In the name of Jesus, no more. Imagine if you left this retreat. God has really spoken something to your heart. The Holy Spirit is really doing something within you. And there was no going back. Your life, my life, might start to look a little bit more like the people's lives that we read about in the scriptures. Let me pray. God, we believe that in 2020 in America, in the midst of one of the most hostile political climates and cultural climates and racial tension climates, God, there are so many things going on in our world today, but we believe that you are greater, that you are stronger, that you are bigger. And God, for some reason, you have chosen to use people like us Bring your kingdom into the midst of all this mess. God, I'm starting to see more and more that if, if this is going to happen, then we actually need to start living like your people. God, you've given us the ability to put our faith and our trust in you. You are our Savior, our King, our Lord. Help us now to actually practically follow in your footsteps. Truly be a disciple of you. You let us know, each one of us, God, where is it that you want us to lean in a little bit further? Where is it? God, maybe you've already been putting it on our mind. Is there a place? Is it, is it prayer? Is it serving? Is it loving others well? Where is it, God, in our life that your Holy Spirit wants to do a work in us? Show us. We're waiting. We're ready. We love you.